Hello, everybody. Welcome to the I Disagree podcast. I'm Jordan Coburn. I'm Steve Shostak. Hello! Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Happy holidays. How was your Christmas, Steve, you yeah. Jew? Yeah, it was great. I got so many presents. Yeah? Did you? Yeah. yeah, I got some presents. Can I just apologize for calling you a Jew like that? It didn't feel right. I don't uh, like it, even though it's true. I'm going to I'm gonna hold on to that comment and cancel you three years from now. No, uh, at, I know. At, at the most, <laughs> at the most inconvenient time for you. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, unless you went on a little secret. I don't plan to get big enough to be canceled. Mm. <laughs> um, anyways, Christmas. Sorry, interrupted you with my own guilt. You got presents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was uh what what would you and Alex do? Uh we got a switch. So uh, Oh Yeah, we've been we've been playing that. And I, I I downloaded the old school Nintendo Entertainment System, the original one that you don't even know about from my childhood with the like original Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong. And not, I'm not talking about Super Donkey Kong. I'm not talking about Donkey Kong 3D. I'm talking about stupid 8-bit fucking pixels with barrels coming down a thing. Yeah. Yes. So, so I got all the games. I got all the Mario Brothers. Oh, I've, I've been going through it. I'm going to beat all the Mario Brothers and all the Zeldas in order until I get to the Switch. That's amazing. Oh, jeez. Coco. It's raining. So you know how dogs hate rain, I guess. Coco, it's okay. It's just God crying. <laughs> I think we... What, what'd uh, you get for, for Hanukkah? Oh, I got... Well, I got nothing for Hanukkah because I'm a bad Jew, but I did get a bike for Christmas, which is a fixie bike, and I'm going to bastardize it and make it so I can just coast. So that's <laughs> that's what I that's what I got. How does that where you're just going to take the gears off and just only I ride don't... downhill? <laughs> I don't know. I My dad, he's a cyclist, and he got it for me, and he was explaining to me that someone at the bike shop could do that for me, which I feel like entirely eliminates the point of the fixie bike minus the one gear, but he said they could do it, so I called, and I was like, I don't know how to do it, but I want you to ruin this idea of a pristine, perfectly manufactured brand new bike. <laughs> and that's it. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, I think so. It's North Park. There's like a bunch of spots to ride around to, you know? Sometimes I get in my car and I just feel silly. It's too far <laughs> to walk. <laughs> but Isn't that the worst? <laughs> I hate going to the store because it's like, it's too close to drive to, but I don't want to have to go down the elevator, wait for the long ass fucking elevator, then go down there, then wait for three fucking walk lights to, to cross two streets to get to the store. But I don't want to drive. It's, it's all dumb. I'm just staying in my house. Everything's Amazon. Everything's Amazon, Instacart, and Grubhub. Fucking, I ain't you, leaving. How do you feel about making those billionaires billionaires? Well, they've provided me a lot of convenience in my life, and I think they should be compensated for it. Fair enough. Everyone, look back at our old episode <laughs> when we talk about should billionaires be billionaires? Or was it trillionaires? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, because uh, Bezos. That word and concept is oh, so ridiculous. Easy. Yeah. I can't even say it without saying it in a weird voice, like trillionaires. Maybe that's just Regis Philbin, actually, that gets me into that. <laughs> that was a pretty good Regis. A, a billionaire. <laughs> Rest in peace. All right. We're going to get into the first topic, everybody, if you're ready, Steve. I'm into it. All right. Let's get to it, everyone. The warm-up. So this is the warm-up segment where you, the listener, can send us warm-up topics to riff and rabble about. Assuming you're at the $5 tier or above at patreon.com slash I disagree podcast. Nailed week, it. Nailed it. 
first try. <laughs> and our first one comes from loyal listener Claire, and she asks, can stand-up be funny outside? Ah, uh, I think that it's a tough question because so much of stand-up is the intimate space. Uh-huh. And so when it's when you take the roof off of it, like there's a reason why it's so rare for them to do amphitheater tours, for example. Yep. Oddball Comedy Fest, I know, was an amphitheater tour. Um, every other stand-up, even if it's like playing to a massive stadium or something, it's still inside. Uh-huh. It's just like not a thing that happens outside. Yeah. Because I think like so much of the energy truly just lifts up and out of the room. And it's almost like the accountability for the jokes that simmer and linger in the air goes out the roof if there is no roof to make everyone just sit in it. Yeah. You know? And what you're saying probably sounds ridiculous to people listening, but it's it's absolutely right. Like people don't like I don't know what the psychology is behind it, but the more tightly packed you can get the people to the front. And like the lower the ceilings are, or just the way the, the 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 room is to make to like catch the laughs and make them reverberate, that shit really does make like laughter contagious. You know what I mean? Like when you're in an open space, just the laughs die. I don't know. It just it doesn't get the energy up right. Have, have no, you done yeah. any, any any outside shows or mics other than one you and I did that one time? Yes. So I've done. I did the Grand Comedy Club, Grand Comedy Club in. Um, escondido like a few months ago and it was outside it was back when people were like allowed to do outdoor things or whatever it was kind of the feeling of it being enclosed because have you been to that comedy club there's a whole outside area where normally they just use it to have people wait to fill into the indoor part but they set up all these chairs and all these rope lights and it's really pretty out there and everything so it feels a little bit more enclosed because it's a kind of narrow space but even still it was just it was just super super weird and also if i'm bombing i just kind of like look out into the street that lies beyond with cars flying by and just kind of like want to walk out into it you know so it's very distracting oh there's so much yeah all these all these outside mics and shows it's like there's so much noise going on too it's like not only are you dealing with like the normal distractions you'd have to deal with but like a fucking helicopter will fly by and it takes like a minute and a half for it to fucking leave. You're like, okay, I guess this joke's done. <laughs> yeah. Ambulances were already a problem. Ambulances. In clubs. <laughs> it's like so fucking loud. It's so insane. And then I, I look to like Taylor and Whitney, Taylor Tomlinson and Whitney Cummings. They did that tour together. I don't know if they're like still kind of doing it or I'm not sure, but it's all, it's this massive setup that's outside and stuff. And like, Talk about doing it as well as you can do it, and I still bet it's just fucking weird. It's just like crowd work and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's you kind of sit there and like it's really an accountability thing that the audience member has to the performer that just doesn't exist for some reason because all of a sudden you're competing with all of nature instead of just like people sitting in a tiny room. Oh my God, were you were you at the Madhouse back when I was at the old location when uh, du- Dustin Nickerson, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, when when uh, Dustin was headlining and there were in like the middle of his closing bit, there was a huge fireworks display that went on for fifteen minutes downtown. Do you remember <laughs> I was that? Not there, I was not there. It was so funny because he he was just up there. He, I mean, he made the best out of it, just riffing on it, and be like, "Well, how the hell am I going to compete with this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> what was it for 
uh, it might have been the Padres one or something. So if for, <laughs> for for those listening, the old Madhouse, I mean, it was inside and it was on, at the top floor of a multi-level mall in downtown San Diego. So it's like right by the ballpark and right by all this other shit. And this was, I think this was during the summer when the AC was broke and it was 180 degrees in there and everybody was melting. So they had all like the windows and doors open and shit. And like in the middle of the set, like as the sun's going down, just boom, 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 beautiful colors in the sky, loud explosion. Tessa's up there trying to do his closing bit. And I was just like, oh, oh, this is hilarious. God, that's so fucking funny. What's the worst thing that's happened during your set? The most distracting thing? Other than just like hecklers? Before, um, during, or after. Yeah, before or during. Yeah. No, it could be hecklers. Just like the worst, most unideal situation as a comic. I can't really think of anything other than hecklers, but I, that does remind me of another funny Madhouse story because that place was such a dump that some, <laughs> some comic was on stage and he was going through his material and I don't even remember whether he was good or wasn't good or whatever. He's probably pretty good. I think he's the headliner. And all of a sudden, everybody in the audience starts laughing, and he's not telling his joke, and they just keep laughing and pointing, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And it turns out, and I'm I see the whole thing from the very beginning is I'm behind the bar watching the stage. There was just a cockroach just crawling along the back wall b- b- behind <laughs> the performer, just going back and forth, making little patterns, and so every, everybody's eyes are drawn to this fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and then they t- finally turned around and was like, oh, got upstaged by a cockroach. Oh, my cockroach. <laughs> That's the most madhouse story. That's, That's so. A... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That encapsulates the madhouse experience right there. Although I will say, despite that, it's not like they have roaches, you know, like everybody can get a roach. Every place that serves food in the world has roaches okay good to know and terrifying but thank you (laughs) there's just there's just no way around it some places have like infestations but i don't care how clean i don't clear gordon ramsay's your gm you you there's there's some cockroaches in there somewhere or mouse or something it's just it is what it is you got all that food there what do you think that's true watch ratatouille and get over it yeah (laughs) empathize (laughs) and everything is fine i i uh I think worst thing that happened to me uh, is because you asked and because I definitely didn't ask this question just to I tell was, my own story. I was, I was going to ask, but yeah. I, no. <laughs> no. But I was at the comedy store and it's it was during Best Of, which is just like this once a week showcase basically of like, they call it like the Best Of San Diego or whatever. You go up and you do just like a few minutes and uh it's like san diego's version of potluck if you've heard of that at the la comedy store and right before i go up jason lawhead is before me and there's a couple in the front row who apparently had their first date ever at the comedy store and the guy wanted to propose so he gets jason yeah he gets jason to be in on it which i'm sure was just a fucking nightmare for jason because it is the com it is a comic's biggest pet peeve when someone's like it's my sister's birthday could you like do something could you put something in your bit it's like god i fucking hate you it's the worst die so these people ask jason to help them propose which i feel like is a little bit you know it's a more of a once in a lifetime thing depending on your trauma relationship patterns but (laughs) i think that it's like 
still one of the worst things out there. So Jason facilitates this. The guy winds up proposing. The whole crowd like erupts in standing ovation, and you know everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Oh! And then it's just a, finally, finally, it's like, "All right, everyone, well that's it." Like they propose, and then Jason like basically gets off stage, and then I have to go on stage. Still, as people are just like erupting in applause. Wait, she said yes. Yes. On their first date. No, no, no. Sorry, they had had their first date previously. Like, who knows how long ago? Uh, at the comedy store. So as a cute, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, he wanted to propose there as like a sentimental place that they share. This is off topic, but what do you think about public proposals like that? Well, I think it's adorable. I hate it. Interesting. I disagree. I, Why do you hate it, it? What an imposition you're putting on the other person. You know what I mean? What in, like, like when to people, be a part of it? Well, so like when, when guys like propose to their, their girlfriend on the, on, the, on the Megatron at like a baseball game, right? And the whole crowd's oh, like, yeah! Yes. What, if she, what if she wants to say no? What if she doesn't want to marry him? <laughs> yeah, I know. Now 50,000 people hate her. I know. How that is... unfair. Do that shit in private, man. I, I would love to see a video where one of them says no and the whole stadium just starts throwing peanuts and booing. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> or if <laughs> I, I was in Seattle a while ago and there was this couple that was looking out at the water and some guy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I'm about to propose to my wife right now. And I was like, uh, okay. And they were not that far from me. So I'm like, keep your voice down. And he hands his phone to me and is like, can you video this? I'm like, I guess. So then in like two seconds, I have to become an expert videographer because this is a moment that will live forever for them. And then also I have to be a fucking spy. I have to do it without her being able to see me. Otherwise it's going to ruin the surprise of her fucking proposal. So I'm like, now he's not only imposing on her, he's imposing on you. Yes, that's why I narcissistically asked if you were referring to the other people they involve in the whole shit. Because, <laughs> yeah, this happened to me, and I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? It was, like, so much pressure. And I've got butterfingers. You know this. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm butter, like... Wipe- butter is at the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> you got goddamn fucking... All oil, oil straight up oil fingers. Yes, I am the healthier fat alternative. That's a positive <laughs> way to think about it. Exactly. <laughs> I would say that about my whole self. I think. That, I mean, it's uh, not it's not extra virgin, but hey, what are you gonna do? You know? <laughs> nice. That was a good hit. Um, but but I think like it was. I couldn't I had so much anxiety over being able to press the record button and it registering because you know when your fingers are too sweaty and you're typing and your iPhone stops recognizing your finger it literally Mm. stops recognizing you as a human that's how sweaty we get yeah it's like I I, I don't respond to frog input only humans please (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah We had a we had a big talk and we decided we needed to draw a hard boundary there. No amphibian users. It's just <laughs> unsustainable as a business model. I think it was like it wound up being fine, but as soon as I just had a moment in my head where I was like, I mean, there's only so much I can do. I'm just gonna try to step back and kind of like hold it down to my hip, and then she's just gonna be like, Why is this person? videoing me and then maybe that was the whole point he just wanted it to be kind of like a weird one-two punch sort of thing wrong words i hope they're domestically fine uh, but i 
it was still it was still oh, you're into it. I mean, you don't know their kink. Yeah, don't. That's true. Um, Wait, so, so did she say yes? Yes. Do you think she wanted to, or do you think she just felt compelled to because of the public? <laughs> because of pressure? me? Because of the one person? I oh, will it was say. Just you. I thought you were in a public place. No, there was, it was public. There was just hardly anyone there, which is weird for Seattle. But like the time of day it was, there was just hardly That's- anybody even worse yeah it was like me and these two people yeah they they, instead of it's it's bad enough like hey i'm gonna make this moment between us and fifty thousand strangers or we're gonna have this private intimate moment with one stranger yeah yeah i know i felt like i should have been able to fuck them or something it was like yes but it was uh i think Did, did you try nah that's your downfall. Coping. But I did watch them creepily until they walked a mile down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, what's he get? You asked for it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I just vid- I follow him around for the rest of his life, <laughs> videoing. He's like, <laughs> I'm a part of this now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So you're not going to propose through a Sadie Hawkins medium, is what you're saying? No. Yeah. No. Do that shit fucking yeah do that shit in private don't yeah. don't put public pressure on the other person to not be a goddamn social pariah because they reject you publicly <laughs> like you know what i mean uh, it's just bullshit it's so it's so manipulative I, I guess the only way like it makes i mean you don't know every couple's personal story maybe it's understood yeah. that they're gonna get married and it's just a matter of when and so this is the time he decides to actually formally pop the question but it was already predetermined they were going to get married i guess in that case if you think it's cool to be on the megatron then whatever but still well i'm sure that's what every person i'm sure that's what every person that goes into a proposal thinks the status of their relationship is yeah who goes in there with like (laughs) uh it's a coin toss (laughs) i would love to hear a survey says on that that would be like That'd be amazing. What what is the fucking percentage of people that are just hail marrying their relationship? <laughs> I wish there was some date on that. Like, what percentage of proposals are fucking sh- rejected? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably a decent amount. Yeah, I would I would speculate nineteen percent. Nineteen percent. All right, nineteen percent. Interesting. Um. Okay. That was our warm-up question, everyone. Do you have, do you- so, so to answer your question, Claire, uh, it's a lot harder for it to be funny outside, but it's not impossible. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Although, I will say, just in the spirit of the podcast, I, I do think it, it's still, like, it's still fun, right? And it's still, it's still like, a, a entertaining thing. It's still comedy. It's still the same words coming out. So, obviously, it's, it's, it'd be ridiculous to say it's, like, not stand-up. It is just an entirely different experience. Probably the most different an experience could be given the small amount of change to the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, everybody, uh, that was it. Like Steve said, if you want to contribute your own warm-up topics, become a patron, a patron, a patron. That's patreon.com slash I disagree podcast. We love to have these things to talk about. All right, it's time for our next segment. And we have some this week. It's I Disagree Mail. So this is the fun part of the program where if you hear Jordan or I say something that you think is fucking stupid, you can let us know. And you don't even have to be a patron. Just hit us up at uh, 
What's our email? <laughs> uh, it is, it's <laughs> the I disagree podcast at gmail.com. Who fucking made Gmail? What do you mean? Like, who made it? Like, who is the Zuckerberg of Google? Uh, Steve Schmidt? Something Buscemi. like that. Steve <laughs> Schmidt. Something like that. Anyways. <laughs> anyway uh so yeah if we say some dumb shit that you want to hate on go and send us an email uh and we'll call it a disagree mail however if you say something if we say something you think is on point you can also email us about that and it therefore becomes an agree mail isn't that Ooh, fun it is it's a great word disagree <laughs> so our, our first disagree mail is for uh for jordan and linda actually if you remember Ooh. linda was our guest uh week before last uh shout from, out linda shout out to linda this is from an anonymous listener Ooh. and uh they say i disagree with jordan and linda when they stated that baby it's cold outside is about a man pressuring a woman into staying the night and that there isn't any consent oh i, I read that all wrong i disagree with jordan and linda when they stated that baby it's cold outside is about a man pressuring a woman into staying the night and that there isn't any consent i do agree that the tone of the song now comes across as forceful and manipulative manipulative with our current standards in society and culture but when the song was written it was the cultural expectations at the time of the song being written were such that women were not socially permitted to spend the night with a boyfriend or fiance and that the woman state that she wants to stay while and that the woman states that she wants to stay while quote what's in this drink was a common idiom of the period used to rebuke social expectations by blaming one's actions on the influence of alcohol this song is a conversation is a conversation of a woman wait. wanting to okay sorry <laughs> no this sorry, song- sorry i can wait <laughs> This song is a conversation of a woman wanting to stay, but not able to say it as the pressures of society prevented her from being able to be complicit in her consent of staying and enjoying the night. When talking about historical songs, we can't discount the history and society around the song when it was written. We should definitely address the histories and how society as a whole has grown and changed, but we should not discount how women in the past were able to express themselves. Fun fact, the song was also written by a husband and a wife, where they would sing it at the end of their parties to tell their guests it was time to leave in the 1940s. Also, another fun fact, the first time this was in a movie, it was the man that wanted to leave and the woman wanted him to stay, before the Zoe Dashnell version. Anyway, thanks for the entertaining show. Well, thank you, Anonymous. Wow. First off, are they anonymous because they fear the repercussions of potentially supporting rape culture? <laughs> Is that what's happening? <laughs> Perhaps. No, but you, you I never mean, know nowadays. That seems like a pretty, like, you know, cut and dry, can't really argue it, disagree mail. That's, that, that, as long as that information is all true, then that person's right. Right? Well, that, that was my original interpretation of the song, too. And I, I, I think I inarticulately alluded to something that, that in the show I said, to, to me, you could also interpret it as a man and a woman flirting, looking for excuses to fuck. Yes, that's true. You did say that. I just blocked it out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's my interpretation of the song because it's an old song and it's like uh, she she can't be the whore, you know what I mean? Because the society, she oh I can't stay. Oh you're bad, but she wants to stay. So I love up- your woman voice. <laughs> Why did I make her sound like like ninety years old? Oh my god. <laughs> oh I never. <laughs> <laughs> well I never. Heaven's the best. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yes. Okay, then. Then, Steve, do you retroactively win this one? I feel like we have to give Linda the right to respond. But I, I feel like if that was verifiably something that was said to specifically, you know, I guess, denote? That's the wrong word. Um, But say that, you know, like, it's not chill for me to stay over because that's just what society says then that's that's kind of hard to argue yeah i mean again it's it's a fictional story so i guess you can interpret it however you want but i feel like that was the intent of the person who wrote the song is like this is two people who like each other that want to hook up and they're just looking for excuses to make it happen you know yeah but that's an interesting question, taking the context of something that existed previously when the thing came out and then comparing it to the context of, you know, society when it's released or played now. It's sort of like, I mean, in that specific example, so much of that context is also fucked up, though, you mm-hmm. know, like the sort of sex phobia. And it's still sexist, I think. I think I still think that song is very sexist because even though whatever they performed it and it was like the man, I think overwhelmingly that's the dynamic we see between men and women is a woman wanting to leave and a man not letting her. (laughs) So to me, it's like, regardless of whether or not she liked it or something, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. That just kind of, I'm not fully on board with uh, the purity of it even still, I think. Well, that's an entirely different question than whether or not it's a song about sexual assault sure well yeah 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 but couldn't you also i mean <laughs> this is like going in <laughs> can you hear my dog yeah. coco. hello coco you'll get a credit don't worry <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's it's yeah i just still if you bring something this is an extreme example i know you're gonna freaking hate it but if there was something that is like objectively worse that for example old disney movies right like yeah. that one that is just horrendous what is it called it's it's the one that splash Mulan. mountain is based off of are <laughs> uh. arguably some people really hate that and i i have not i've not educated myself on the movie or that logic yet uh but there's outside of the whole whitewashing of everything but no, it's like this. There's super old Disney movies that just had really racist elements in them. Oh, like Song of the South, I think it was called. It was that like sounds, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and it was really, really bad apparently. And again, I'm not educated on that either. So Disney, I'm pretty sure pulled it from like their platforms and stuff. So mm-hmm. what do you think about what do you think about something like that? Where in the context back then, it was normal to say those things i guess or at least acceptable and now it's not well i mean if you if the original criticism of baby is cold outside is that it was uh a reflection of uh uh sexist uh gender expectations in the 1940s that I think would be a perfectly legitimate criticism because it is as anonymous explained in their email, but that isn't yeah. what people are criticizing the song for. They're criticizing it for being part of rape culture. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you want to criticize old Disney movies for being racist, that is fair because they were, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know Walt Disney was apparently a huge anti-Semite? 
That's what I've heard, and then I've also heard people, mostly Disney freaks, say the opposite, and I don't have the files, <laughs> but but I do feel like, uh, I mean, I don't put it past anyone, especially people from the past past. Yeah. Yeah. My God, Coco. Um, all right, cool. That was a great disagreement. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, we closed the book on that one. Good, good job, uh, Anon. Or is it yeah. QAnon? We don't know. <laughs> Q and what if they just sign it Q? We're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Honestly, I would I would feel starstruck. <laughs> yeah, anyone... no kidding. It's actually Q. <laughs> oh my god! Anyone? Oh, that's so hilarious! It's the funny. It's the easiest identity to steal. It's one fucking letter. <laughs> and they're anonymous. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. That's why it got so fucking popular. Literally anyone could post their bullshit inside a queue. Anyways. All right. You want to move on to the next one? <laughs> yes. We have another disagreement from Robin Renee. And she says, hi, Jordan and Steve. One of the things I find most fascinating about your show is the way Steve assigns motivations to people at times when, from my perspective, they just to be, seem to be doing something that comes naturally to them. For example, ah. I, love, I love black coffee. I drink it often, and it's not because I'm trying to appear hip or cool. Then, uh, like a eye rolly emoji, I guess. So <laughs> she goes on to her main disagreement, but I, I do want to address this one briefly. Um, again, another peek behind the curtain. Like, not everything I say needs to be taken super serious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just kind of shitting on people for fun. Although, I will say there is a certain type of person who drinks their coffee black that is doing it to, to show how cool and macho they are. It's just like the guy who wants to show how firm their handshake is by being way too fucking firm with it and crushing your hand. It's like, Hey, it's, it's good. It's a good thing to have a firm handshake, but you don't need to break my fucking hand. What are you trying to prove buddy? I Same disagree. Fucking assholes with their IPAs and their black man. You know what? <laughs> I disagree. When you drink black coffee, is a much more conceivably true argument that you just like how it tastes because it tastes so completely different. I would not believe someone that has a really strong douchebag handshake would say they just like how that handshake feels more because it's yeah. just an action that they do. I, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of people that just like their coffee black like Robin and you, uh, but I, I'm sure there's a lot of people being performative about it too. Performative! <laughs> yeah. For, uh, oh yeah like the guys like the people that pretend to love scotch no you don't that shit tastes like ass if yeah, stop it if anyone is performing their coffee intake get, <laughs> please just like go visit pitchfork and solitude and get a fucking life but i don't think i don't think anybody uh i do, i i agree with robin <laughs> well you're gonna like it even more because she goes on Yes. That was from a show a long time ago, but I was reminded of it when listening to the conversation about Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I probably say Happy Holidays more often than not, because, but it is not because I'm afraid to say Christmas. I live in a diverse area of New Jersey where many people are celebrating Christmas and or Hanukkah. I am a pagan, and the winter celebration closest to my heart is when I get together with chosen family to celebrate the Yule on the winter solstice. Cool. This, this year, I also lit Hanukkah candles with friends over. Okay, you're double dipping. You're, 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 you're double dipping, Robin. Is that what you're telling me? You're, you're, you're double dipping on your holidays. All right. All right. You only get one. I'm gonna go on, but I'm I'm gonna put a little note there. She's double dipping. Remember, remember that, folks at home. 
I love uh, I love that that uh, rigidity in 2020 as well. You only get one thing. <laughs> you only get one joy presenting yeah. holiday. That is it. That's fucking it. <laughs> Robin goes on to say, uh, and I have a long-standing Christmas Eve dinner tradition with some other friends. There are usually Kwanzaa events going on in nearby Philadelphia. Some people celebrate Three Kings Day, and I even once got to go to a Boxing Day party, which is fun and new to me. I love New Year's Eve and usually have a big party. Not this year, of course, sadly. And I consider that part of the holidays. And for that, again, Robin, I agree with you. It's all part of the holiday season, which starts from pre-Thanksgiving. You know, you know what? Actually, no, I disagree. New Year's isn't part of that. It goes from pre-Thanksgiving to post-Christmas, and that's the end of the holidays. The holidays are done. We got New Year's coming up, which is some bullshit arbitrary. Ooh, the ball's coming down. Nobody cares, Robin. Anyway, Eggnog up. Steve! <laughs> I'm, I'm Callie Cream and Steve tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. I don't like Cream and Steve. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, she says, uh, I love New Year's Eve and usually have a big party. Not this year, of course. And I consider that part of the holidays. So when I say happy holidays, it's because I'm literally wishing the person well for the whole holiday season, however they're celebrating. That's it. No underhanded motive. I also say Merry Christmas, Blessed Yule, Happy Solstice, Happy Hanukkah, and whatever greeting that seems right for the occasion. I will be so glad when we stop having mistrust mistrust and controversy over how we offer wintertime positivity. Hmm. Well, I will say... After reading that and hearing her list off the 18 different uh, holiday greetings that she has to give, I fucking get it now. I don't want to say all that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it fucking is. the one all day. This guy, hey, here, here. Fucking holidays. Here. The, the yes. covers everybody. Get out of my face. Yeah. And that is such like a good way to put it, too, because it, it is really, we kind of talked about this a little bit with Linda, but it's it does kind of seem to come down to just people trying to claim like the entire winter season. With like their one way of experiencing a whole ass season. It's just it's just very I know, isn't it ridiculous, Coco? It's just like <laughs> it's it's so um self-centered. That's what I think we, we were talking about in the other episode. So that's it's wouldn't it just be nice like well, this comes down to belonging to different cultures legitimately, but what if we just got to celebrate multiple holidays? That'd be dope. Well, no, you can pick one. I don't care which one it is, but you better pick one. <laughs> the 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 anti Scrooge Scrooge. Like, you can have a holiday. I love Christmas, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I basically agree with Robin. I mean, but I mean, she's living in some some crazy ass place in New Jersey, I guess, where. Uh, you actually have an have an opportunity to say happy solstice to somebody or blessed Yule. I don't even know what these are. Like I've never in my life. I wouldn't even know who to say that to. We, yeah, um, I wouldn't either. Not, but I think other than what she revealed, pagans celebrating winter solstice. In my family group text, and people started. Uh, my my uncle Billy, he lives in Jackson County, and he's like. He's a libertarian. He'd probably hate that I just exposed that to the rest of the world. But he lives in this like super open, you know, farm sort of space, ranch more like. And he had this picture that he sent to the group text with like a skeleton skull and some other like it's like the pagan little tower that he kind of set up. It, it seemed unless he got it from the Internet. But I think he built it. Anyways, he was like. 
happy winter solstice, everyone. And I think it was serious. And everyone responded seriously because my, my <laughs> sister, she's like, she's into pagan stuff, too. And so is my mom. And like, I'm interested in learning about it a little bit. That's about it. Uh, but I like the ideas of it much more than Christmas and, and that really like other stuff. But my grandma, who is Jewish, she responded and was like, I don't understand why everyone like can't just accept me and dad saying Merry Christmas. And it became like a whole thing. It was so even the even you insert paganism. It's not even just against the Jews. Apparently, it's just against everybody. That's not for Christmas. Right. People like get upset. Very interesting. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty weird. I will say that. I mean, you and Robin both have to admit that Christmas is the big one in December. Yeah, that's yeah, the of big one. Like. <laughs> she, Robin might be the only person I've ever met, and I haven't even met her, that uh, that actually celebrates the winter solstice. Not saying that they aren't out there. I'm just saying Christmas is obviously the big hitter in December. Like yeah. that's the big boy. Everybody knows it. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah if, I, if I if I lived in a community that was that had so many different religions that I had to like go through merry christmas blessed yule happy solstice happy hanukkah uh, it's boxing day i'd, I'd just be like fucking happy holidays too <laughs> <laughs> i like how boxing day was a proclamation it's boxing day <laughs> no mary in front of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fuck is boxing day does it have to do with literally like the the, the sport like fisticuffs or is it like i know it presents in boxes I know we have a very strict no research rule, but if you'll forgive me, I'm going to I'm going to break it and Google it right now. Right. Boxing Boxing Day is a holiday celebrated the day after Christmas Day, occurring on the second day of Christmas Tide. That sounds oh, that's, like that's a, a murder of Christmas. Yeah, it's the day you throw away your boxes from all the presents you opened on Christmas. Okay. Oh, they call it Boxing Day. Wait, is that what happens? I just made that up. You went with it. <laughs> I know. Even after you just said you have no clue what the fuck it is. <laughs> that that's being a woman for you. Though it originated as a holiday to give gifts to the poor, today Boxing Day is primarily known as a shopping holiday. Mm. Oh my god. As if Black Friday wasn't enough. They probably created Black Friday cuz they're like, look guys, Boxing Day was supposed to be a good thing. I get it. We like capitalism. You turn it into a horrendous thing. Let's shift it back to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Equally as horrible. The day after you're supposed to give thanks. And then you go well, around like a it's after Christmas. It's after what? Thanksgiving? I thought you said no, it was no, after no. Christmas. No, so it's basically the same thing as Black Friday is what it seems uh, like. Although it's it's Boxing yeah. Day deals or anything. But they're saying it's turned into a shopping day. But why is um, it called that? Why is it called Boxing Day? <sighs> Let's see. Okay, <clears throat> Wikipedia. Oh man, I just got hit with a "Don't scroll past this" message. I, you know what? <laughs> Google it on your own time, listeners. Boxing thing. <laughs> what is it? Who knows? Maybe Robin made it up. We don't know. Okay, in parts of Europe such as Bulgaria, Catalonia, Czechia, Germany, Hungary, the Netherlands, Poland, Romania, Slovakia, and Scandinavia, December twenty-sixth is celebrated as a second Christmas Day. God, that sounds like the fucking best. I'm moving there. Two Christmases? You get one. Pick. <laughs> 25th or 26th. I don't care which. You get one. You get one. That's so funny. Um, all right. Do we have any more disagreements? Uh no. No. All right. We did it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you have anything uh, else you'd like to say? No, 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 no. 
Do you hear this rain right now? Is it as crazy where you're at as it is where I'm at? It's raining. Man, we are getting like pummeled. This is insane. Sorry, listeners. You don't need to know this at all. This is crazy. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, let's get into it then. Our final segment, everybody. The main event. So this is the main event. And uh, what I wanted to talk about this week, I don't know if you guys have been following that that story that's developing. Uh, it started in the New York Times about the the uh, at the time a high school girl now in college who um, she made a Snapchat video when she was 15 and a freshman using the N word, uh, and then three years later when she got admitted to college, one of her classmates basically dropped the video and and got her admission revoked to the university she got accepted to. Um, and my stance is that that's some bullshit, and I think Jordan <laughs> I think Jordan disagrees. So, uh, I do. Okay. So I will, uh, th- th- this, this, this is what I think like, okay. So there, there was the, the kid, Jimmy, that, that basically snitched on her. And then there was the girl, I think her name was Mimi, the one that got snitched on and got, got thrown out of college. What are these words? Jimmy and Mimi is great. <laughs> I think that's correct. Like, They're perfect on. story names. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. See. So, so my thoughts when I think about it is like, well, and I want to, and a caveat before before I read all this is that this is based on the information that was that was given in the article at the time that I wrote this. So if if it comes out next week that she is secretly uh, like a leader of a local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan, hey, it wasn't in the fucking article, guys. Get off me, you know. So. Yes, I do think there's a disclaimer with all of our opinions on this podcast. We reserve the right to revoke them at any time and alter them in any way that we see fit. I would even go as far as to say as it is the point of this podcast is to be willing for those sorts of things to happen. Yeah, we both just got our minds flipped on some disagreements. Did you see that, folks? Isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? <laughs> so this this is what I think about that. What an absolutely despicable little shit. An absolutely despicable newspaper and an absolutely despicable university. This story is the nexus of cowardice and, and vindictiveness and is mind-boggling to me that grown-ass adults are celebrating it. What kind of psychopath holds on to a two-second video for three years just to drop it at the precise moment that it would cause someone the most harm? Let's be clear. There is only one victim in the story, and it isn't the kid who came across a video with a bad word in it. This is not about racism. In fact, there's no evidence that the girl is even racist. Yes, she used a racist slur. She was a dumbass 15-year-old kid trying to be cool using slang with her friends. The same slang that a multi-billion dollar music industry has been selling her her whole life. Of course, that doesn't make it okay for her to use the word. It is also not a reason to ruin someone's life. Are we really holding people to lifelong account for dumbass mistakes they made as a teenager? Would any of us be safe if someone could dig up every syllable we uttered as a teenager? Would would he? Think about how much you personally grew and matured from the age 15 to 18. There's a reason these are called our formative years, because you are still forming who you are. And there's a lot of evidence she did mature since that video was made. Ironically, this all came to a head when she was post when she posted something supportive of BLM on Instagram during the George Floyd protests. When someone else commented on her post, you have the audacity to post this after saying the N-word. That was when she learned that she, that her three-year-old Snapchat video was going viral and her future and reputation were being destroyed. Think about that for a second. By the time she was being canceled, she had become an, an active BLM supporter. 
So exactly what was the lesson that this smug little shit weasel was teaching her? But can I really blame this the, the sadistic little asshat? He didn't learn this behavior on his own. He learned it from our depraved cancel culture society that celebrates petty retribution and fake moral peacocking over compassion, forgiveness, and growth. When people are outcast from society for even minor racial transgressions, transgressions with no opportunity for redemption the only place they will be able to find acceptance is with actual racists jimmy galligan let's see jimmy galligan better hope that the inevitable societal backlash to all this petty woke nonsense doesn't happen before he hits the job market because future employers may be disinclined to put such a morally depraved little tyrant on their payroll finn wow i have to give you credit for how well thought out and written that was steve Oh, thanks. Yes. I'm clapping. Um, I would say bravo, but I don't mean it, so. <laughs> well, do you have a rebuttal? I'm <laughs> just kidding. I do have a rebuttal. However, I did not write that uh, long of an argument, so I'm going to, if you forgive me, wing as long yeah, of an yeah, argument. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Wing it. Yes. Um, okay. <clears throat> so here's the thing. I don't disagree with everything that you've said. Uh, I don't. I think that I agree with you that it's interesting timing to withhold that video until three years later. It doesn't make a lot of sense for that. If the main goal is for someone's behavior to be stopped for the consequences and examination of that behavior to happen when it was brought to the attention of everybody that that act happened in the first place. And I'm not familiar with whether or not that did happen when it happened originally. If it did happen and he still held on to it for three years to just try to ruin her life uh, after she did do assumingly proper reflection, and I'm not sure exactly what that would even look like, however, uh, but if she did do that and then he still withheld it, I would agree that that's, that seems vindictive. However, I will say that word especially coming out of a white woman's mouth. She was white, right? Mm-hmm. That word coming out of a white woman's mouth. To put a white it on... girl, no, a white girl's mouth. She was 15. Sure. A white girl's mouth. Um, That's kind of I... the point though. You know, like for God's sake, if she was 35, then like maybe, but yo, come on. Right. I understand that kids can make mistakes when they're young. I do also believe though that it is fully within the university's right to make a decision over what kinds of alumni they want to have at that school. We do live in an age where people are getting held to a certain standard that they weren't held to previously for their past actions as far back as their teen years. I don't think that that's a fair argument to say that because of her age, that means she should be, you know, not held accountable for the things that she does. I realize that's an extreme framing of your argument, but for the sake of disagreeing <laughs> sure. with you, sure. I think I think the age piece it you know you can take out of it because we see other situations you know like Shane Gillis for example who was going to get accepted to SNL and then he got caught in his long ago podcast saying like a bunch of racial slurs and he kind of got the same treatment. But I do think that it is SNL's right to not hire him. And I do think that it's also the university's right 
to not have her at that school based on that behavior. If they're going to look at your behavior for everything you did during that time period of your life, the positive and the negative, to make a decision on whether or not you should be admitted into their school, I think that they're able to do that. You're able to say in your personal statement all the good shit you did. And I and I and I think they also look at your permanent record, right? Which would conceivably include bad things that you did. And I do think that this is considered a bad thing. So I think of like a student, for example, maybe that got in a lot of like fights at school, even if they were just verbal and they called their teacher a cunt every day for every day of their high school career. That would be something that a university should be allowed to make a judgment call on i think it's especially if it's a private institution i don't know if it was a public school or not it's um, university of tennessee i believe i believe it's public okay. but either way yeah yes but but i will i will say though i personally do believe in retribution right and i believe in sorry not retribution in redemption, redemption. <laughs> i knew what you meant <laughs> I do believe in retribution. Not in this context. <laughs> Thank you. I believe in redemption very much so, and especially the redemption of someone that I don't know if she did have a pattern of behavior that was like that, but the story didn't seem to say that. So, right. so again, to what to what uh, the caveat I gave earlier, folks. If more information comes out later. Yes. Don't hold us to account on it because we didn't have that at the time. Yes. Based, based on what's in this New York Times article as of December 28th. Exactly. So I, I do think given that it was, I even hesitate to say given that it was an isolated incident because I, that, that word is just such a horrible, dirty, disgusting, awful word that should never come out of a white woman's mouth ever, ever, ever. There's no fucking reason for that to ever happen. It does harm. It's, it's, it's just, inexcusably stupid that's where i'll push back a little bit about the whole it does harm thing what harm that two second video do to that jimmy kid oh did he did his feelings get hurt a little bit oh i'm sorry man now she's fucking kicked out of college and and if anybody googles her name for the rest of her life she's a fucking racist that's way that's way worse than him hearing an uncomfortable word like it's it's not like she can't go well first off colleges deny people for a variety of reasons every day so in this situation, she got denied apparently because some guy put that video out and it was getting press. That's why they didn't take her because it was getting press. Right. And so, so in that sense is where I have to kind of disagree with you. It's like as a university, if there's a woman who is trying to come to my institution and she has done this thing that is objectively just a horrible bad call. And when I say it does harm, like words carry violence to them. That's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. You guys, all you guys on the left need to, to need to remove that idea from your words are not violence. Violence is violence. Like period. Like that's, that's utter nonsense. And that, that, that's, that's just a weasel way to, 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 to get out of having to, to be a grown up. So and, I, oh, I heard an uncomfortable word. I don't say the word. I understand it's a bad word, but God damn, is your face going to melt because you, you saw a two second Snapchat video that some girl made three years ago and has sure. since become a BLM report, uh, supporter? Like grow up, people get thicker skin. Jesus. So I, again, my disagreement is coming from the basis of a university being able to make that call because it is a PR nightmare for them. Number one. And number two, yeah. 
most universities have very progressive mission statements and whether or not they actually follow through on them. It, they're supposed to be institutions of openness and inclusivity and access, you know, providing access to higher education to like a wider group of students that these these are things that typically, you know, exist in the tenets of public education. So for someone to come in that filmed themselves and posted it saying no, the end she sent it to her friend when oh, she was 15 and then, he, and then he saved it. So I apparently, apparently the kid, the kid didn't actually, the, 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 the weasel kid in question didn't hold on to it for three years. He, she made the video three years ago. He caught wind of it last year and then yeah. held on to it. And I have the story pulled up right now. And I'm going to read a quote from this guy. I wanted to get her where she would understand the severity of the word. And so he tucked the video away, quote, deciding to post it publicly when the time was right. Like, what a fucking scumbag. What an absolute scumbag. Well, Steve, I think, I mean, I don't know this kid's and identity. He's, he was friends with this girl. Okay. Well, again, we're both white. And we're talking about a word that is, you know, one of the worst racial slurs that exists in our country. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, I don't it's, use the word, but fuck. Like, right. What, right. What, what what I mean, would be the worst thing that happened if I did? Somebody would get offended. Life goes on for fucks. And and to, I mean, well, to that's your not point, the worst. That's not the worst thing though. And that that's that's kind of what I was gonna say is like the real argument almost lies in the reverse of this scenario, which is what happens not reverse, but what happens when someone is actually racist, maybe, and then sees that video. And then thinks that that's okay behavior. Be, like by punishing that behavior, I do think that it sends a sign to people that that behavior is not tolerated. I do think that it is important to send those signs. I it think that that's an important thing to do. I'm not saying this is the best way to do it, but I'm saying I think a university is fully within their right <sighs> to deny someone entry for something they did in college and look at you know the entirety of their character profile based on the information they got whether it is through looking at them on facebook which is something jobs and universities totally do yeah or if it's because someone literally sent them a fucking package of a snapchat video right. saying saying this this word so i think that it's completely well within their right to do so i agree with you on a lot of the stuff you're saying though because it goes you know like I do believe in people's ability to redeem themselves. And if she does not have an established pattern of behavior and she just had a fucking ridiculously idiotic moment, then. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about her. I saw the two second video. It looked to me like she was just being a stupid teenager, like trying to, trying to be edgy and cool. You know, it, she, I know to, a she lot wasn't of like students... giving an alt-right rant. You know, she wasn't sure. recruiting for the local chapter of the clan. She, she just said the word being a dumbass. Which yeah. she shouldn't do. Right. She should but not do God, that. But for God's sakes. like, And I mean, to your point, yeah, I, I don't disagree that the college has every right to do that. But I mean, I just that's that's why I said it's the nexus of fucking vindictiveness and cowardice. Because, yeah, you yeah. said they did it because because the all the media buzz around it. Well, how about stand up and just be like, I th this is bullshit. She was three years. This is three years ago. Fuck off. We don't I care don't what Twitter says. 
I don't know, though. When you do look at the other reasons why people don't get into schools, for example, like a lot of people from the black community, because they didn't have shit, they didn't have good access to education that set them up for success and like getting into those schools. And that's counted against them. Right. So like if that's counted against them, something they did not ask for and something that was entirely a product of their environment then why shouldn't this person who says the fucking N-word like a fucking idiot, why shouldn't it be totally fair for them to deny her entry? That th- Those two things have nothing to do with each other, though. Of course, they're different. But I'm just saying on the, the connecting factor is a university looking at elements of a person's previous record, basically. Sure. And I mean, like, if... if- Again, if 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 she was the, the the local chapter of the the high school students for white supremacy, then then yeah. But it's just like could could any of us? I'm mean, thank God that they didn't have fucking social media and smartphones when when I was in fucking high school. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe I wouldn't have got caught saying the n word, but who the fuck knows what else I would have said? Help me. Who knows what you you said when you were 15? That if someone had a camera, you know what I mean? Think about when you were 15. Sure. You probably didn't say the N-word, but you probably said some other really horrible shit that could get you canceled. Oh, yeah. No, I've said stuff as a comedian that would get me canceled, hands down. Again, I'm not cancelable, but it's <laughs> like, if I... I Every, everybody, is, that, that's that's not true that everybody's cancelable. Like, yeah, you, you can't take away someone's fame, but like, she's not famous, but she got cancelled from, from going to the university she wanted to go to. Now, for, now for she's... A... Go, go on, ahead. sorry. No, it's okay, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I mean, now she's in community college, which I guess she can do two years there and apply to another university. And hopefully they won't Google this shit. And then when uh-huh. she, and if she does get out, then she's got to apply for jobs. And hopefully they don't Google this shit. You know, it's just like, for God, for God's sure. sakes. It's, sure. I don't know. But I mean, but it's like, that is like, I don't know. that. It's holding they, someone to a standard that none of us could live up to. That is, that's exactly the op- I disagree so hard that's the point I was just gonna make I know no other examples of someone that filmed themselves saying the n-word and posting it publicly I know yeah, zero other she, examples one she didn't did. post it publicly and two like I said before it doesn't have to be the n-word it could be something else I didn't see any friends there do are, it there are in other my Snapchat, things. I was on Snapchat. My username was Cox in Half because I learned that dicks could do that when they were flaccid and it amazed me. And I didn't understand. This <laughs> is a side, sidebar. So I, <laughs> what? I've never, none of my friends, it's really not worth repeating. It's true, but not worth repeating. Um, all, none of my friends on Snapchat ever since sent anything that was like that. They didn't send anything that was even remotely like that in terms of race, gender, anything. They didn't send anything that was so egregiously horrible. And she sent it because she did think that she was safe. And I do agree with the principle that you should not be able to, like, if it's the same, like, if to say that she should be able to say stuff within her friend group privately or something or that it's, like, wrong to excavate that from her private life you know because snapchat is private then what do you have to say for these like alt-right insane people that are on their part or like secret 4chan forums saying like horrifying things to each other radicalizing each other i understand she's not she doesn't have the pattern of being a radical i'm just saying i i'm kind of like negating anyone that might make the argument that that's unfair to go into something that should have been private it was just on snapchat and between her friend group or something 
but I mean, it's it's. Not, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Let me just say one more thing. That mm-hmm. uh, so. I've been applying to grad school and I just applied to a school and the, the one personal statement prompt was, this is our school's mission statement. Tell us how you embody that mission statement. If I was her, I would read that mission statement. And the first thing I would think is, fuck, I really hope that thing doesn't come back around again because it is the opposite of this mission statement. And unfortunately, sometimes there are just consequences for your actions. Maybe she could have like, preemptively messaged the school what if she did that what if she was like hey this is like a really horrible awful part of my past that i'm so embarrassed that i did and and i've done this 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 i've done this kind of work you know i've like done this shit and recognizing the severity of that which is something you're kind of like failing to do which is what that, i think that, I've that, that's not the scenario though the, the scenario was she already got admitted to the school and then the video dropped unbeknownst to her. So she got she got sideswiped by this shit. I'm pretty sure I remember this story actually from a few years ago, and I think it was already in the news. No, this this is from this year because like, again, it came out. She found out that she was being canceled when she posted on Instagram that people should donate to Black Lives Matters in in support of the George Floyd protest. So it had to have been this year because George Floyd was involved. Yeah, you're, th- you're thinking of somebody else that got canceled for some bullshit because okay, that's the so, society we live in now. So then you you do think of that again. This is all coming down. First off, college admissions are just utter bullshit. However, that aside, I think when you're actually looking at what a college is looking at, assuming they're not just horrible money grubbing fucking fools because public right. education honestly no longer exists, if they're looking at someone and they're saying one thing which is you know blm black lives matter and then this other thing comes to light that does present a genuine question about the person's character i really do think it does or, even it, though shows, it, was, or it shows that they grew up and matured between the ages of 15 to 18 i agree i like, agree it's crazy yeah it's i agree with that I- I think if I was in the admissions department of the school, I would have reached out to her and would have wanted to have a very long and lengthy discussion led by someone that is affected. Because you're talking about like who gets offended by that word. No, you no, pl- pl- plenty of people get offended, but I'm saying that there's, there's... violence. The the, the violence yeah. that that word holds that that you know you scoff at. There are people you know that can tell you exactly why that does that word does hold violence and those are the kinds of people that do exist at university admissions boards hopefully if they have any sort of dedication to equity diversity and inclusion those are the people destroying universities the people that believe like that are the people destroying the people that think that words are violence that's that's why our universities are so fucked up right now because words don't have meaning anymore okay 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 milo (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying like for god i don't know sorry go ahead no no no, it's fine i mean again like if i was a university uh and again this is my opinion as a white person so i would which is just as valid as anyone else's opinion it's not not on this topic it's just not and that's just something we have to accept but i would reach out i would reach out to her and i would inquire about it because it is a direct contradiction to the values that she was trying to sell herself as, I imagine, in her personal statement. And then she could give them a chance to explain herself and go through these, you know, dialogues with whoever is appropriate to have those with her. And then hopefully they could come to a side where she could she could grow and move on and consider that door an embarrassing but closed chapter in her life, you know, that she did that. And yeah. 
And I think that... Yeah, that's great. That opportunity wasn't presented to her, though. I I do agree with you on, on that, that that would be a more ideal situation. However, I do think it's still the university's complete and total right to do what they did. And I, I, do I think, think it's that, their right, too. I don't, I'm not taking away their right to yeah. do it. I just think it's a cowardly-ass decision. Cowardly because they're afraid of people of the blowback or whatever from, yeah, like... Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, they have to think about the black students that exist on their campus presently, though. And that's like a huge reason I'm sure that they decided to revoke her admission. Is Why would the black students on campus even know about a Snapchat video she made when she was 15, though? Why would they even well, know? Like, Well, it made the news. And I and I think that it would have gone... That's another fucking thing. The goddamn New York Times. What a fucking cowardly piece of shit organization. I fucking I can't stand them. They won't they won't print an op-ed from a sitting senator because oh it's scary, but they'll fucking print this shit. It's it's what 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 a trash. All of our institutions have been corrupted by this woke nonsense, including the New York Times. Like I, I the fact that this made the fucking New York Times. Why is this a story? Why do we know about this? Like mm-hmm. I, I I just it, it's all so disgusting to me. It's like, yeah. yeah, she shouldn't have used the word, but does the, the crime should somewhat fit the punishment. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, again, like in, for the sake of this podcast, I'm, I'm taking like as much of the disagreeing stance as I can. <laughs> I can't say enough how much I believe in redemption and people's ability to change. I was just listening to, a I, know John- you do. I know you do. Yeah. I was just listening to, um, there was this Ted, ted talk it's like a it's a pretty short interview unfortunately actually that came out on the 28th of december and it's but with john lewis and it's an interview with him and it's just it's just a really amazing interview and he talks about how there was one time where he got the shit beat out of him by some clan members and he was expressing how you know during the time he was so dedicated to nonviolence and was until the day that he died because you know, he just believed that there was that was the only way to do it. And he knew that he was in the right and he knew that these people were in the wrong and there would come a day where they knew that and things would become, you know, more corrected, uh, so to speak, and more just. And then he says, years later, after he runs for office and after he's a congressman, he gets a visit from a man and his son and they were some of the people that beat the shit out of him. So these are people that like literally landed fists on his face. And mm-hmm. he said the man just started like weeping and crying and just like apologizing so much. And I think that's like for John Lewis to talk about that. I thought there's a lot of people that might listen to this and just say, no, fuck that. Fuck those people forever. That is forever unforgivable that they were a part of the clan number one and number two that they inflicted physical harm and violence onto you but this man the one who got his face beaten in you know is sitting here telling about how he hugged these men and they cried together right that's real struggle that's real adversity that's not hearing an uncomfortable word on snapchat like this little pussy ass kid john lewis actually had to had to deal with real fucking strife like, but people still, but people still rhymed out. My, I remember this broke my heart when my little sister told me this. It was the first time she said she had ever heard anything like this happen in the real world. She was a freshman at this school in Florida, and she was walking with her friend, uh, who's from Trinidad, I think. And someone rolled down the car in the in you know the, rolled down the window in the car and just screamed the n word at her friend, and it was like 
so shocking and horrible for her. And so to say that that experience doesn't carry violence with it is just wrong. I know that's different than saying does, it is Snapchat. Does, violence have a, does the word violence have a meaning? Does it have a definition? That's sure. That's a fair thing to say. If we can create a different word like they did with libel and slander, vi- except I will disagree actually with my own train of thought I was just going down there because it translates to actual violence. And that's why it becomes, that's why those words do get labeled as violent is because they do get transferred into violence. There are people, I'm not saying, you know, like that woman specifically was contributing or did contribute to someone saying, oh, well, you know, she said this on Snapchat. Now I'm going to go around and mimic her and say the word seriously and go beat up black people. I'm not saying that's like the effect that would have, but it is sort of a thing where across the board, Let's just make a rule where saying that as a white person at all gets shamed and yeah. or, or I should say maybe educated uh, yeah, against. And, and I'm you all know, fine that. should that. not be a thing that ever comes out of any white person's mouth. And that's it. So yeah, I, I agree with all that. But I mean, like I said, the punishments fit the crime. She said a word she shouldn't say. It's, yeah. a, it's a horribly offensive word. Like, I don't know what the repercussions, maybe, maybe slap her in the mouth or something, or I, I don't know, but like, God damn, like, Dude, well, maybe, check, maybe check her and then move on. Don't ruin the rest of her fucking future. What if they did confront her about it and the way she responded was really shitty and that's why she got it revoked? That's, that's where the story gets even more fucking despicable because apparently she'd already apologized for this years ago. Uh-huh. So like. She, like the lesson was already taught just because someone apologizes does not mean a lesson was learned well i mean what what else do you do you want other than like her well, to recognize that she was wrong what well, else what is I was she just, supposed to do again i'm not defending saying that she deserves to not be admitted into a college because of being a fucking idiot when she was 15 i'm not right. saying that um, I'm just saying, like, maybe the university did reach out to her then, and when she reached out back to them, it was shitty or something. That's one of the reasons Shane Gillis wound up getting revoked from uh, SNL is because they reached out to him, asked him to issue an apology, and he said, fuck that. No. And so then they were like, all right, well then, you know, if you're not going to go down this path of trying to, like rectify these words you said that our base finds hurtful then we can't have you on our team and it's just kind of like as simple as that so maybe something outside of the other complicated elements of that story but um but yeah and for the record for the record i think shane gillis not being allowed to do snl because of that is unfair i do believe that but i don't remember what exactly what he said a lot of bad things he said a lot like, of bad things yeah he said like gook and like just a bunch of a bunch of words where he was like it's just clearly it was clearly just like a ridiculous him talking you know how i mean comics comics are just fucking crazy people and they say shit when they're doing a bit and everything's for the bit and it doesn't matter if they're words that are offensive in fact that's usually the point of it is that it's for the bit it's not because they're actually racist horrible people they're like saying it as a bit but the world doesn't get it and they'll never get comics and they'll never get 
Right. You know, like, well, like like I was saying to Robin earlier, not everything I say is meant to be taken super. Like I don't really think that everybody that drinks black yeah. coffee is a fucking full, you know, is a pompous ass. Lucky for you, that's your most controversial bit. <laughs> I mean, thank God they didn't have Snapchat when I was fifteen. <laughs> sure, sure, but yeah, similar to the Shane Gillis thing, I have a similar opinion about this. I do think that there is a legitimate discussion that. Like, well, actually, it's different because a comic is a comic and I believe more in the preservation of a comic's ability to be a fucking idiot than I do like a chick that's trying to get into an institution of higher learning. Uh, but but yeah, I do think that in both scenarios, there was a, a, a chance there for the outcome to be different. I don't think that that's that's what needed to have happened. Uh, but I do think both organizations were in their right to do that. And especially it's it's like the the pr pr you fucking love capitalism steve this is capitalism that is all it is i'm not so sure it is maybe i really think it's all it is right there pretty much and and it's like it eliminates it encourages homogenizing uh thoughts it encourages people having rigid boundaries of what is and isn't to be you know like tolerated for their bottom line because everyone's very profit driven that's why that school didn't accept her you know like they don't want to piss off well that's being cynical can i make one other point that i meant to make that i didn't make yet (laughs) yeah the other thing that i think is legitimate about the school the school doing that is again drawing from my personal experience back at uc san diego when I was there, grad students, all, all student, students combined, undergrad, grad, and then postdoc, there was like 25,000, I think. There were only 400 black people. And then a couple years before I got there, sorry, the year before I got there is when the content cookout happened, which I believe we've talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so any the reason, like, I don't know the makeup of that university, but typically access to higher education is much lower for members of the black community so if you look at any given university obviously it's going to differ differ by region but i guarantee you the ratio of black people that exist in the population in general versus black people that exist in the university space is going to be very skewed because of the access issues that exist so as a university i do think that it is kind of your responsibility to do what you can to make the students feel safe that are already starting at a spot where they don't feel safe a college a university campus is the safest place you can be in the world probably the the idea the the, it's the way some progressives treat black people is so infantilizing and condescending to me sure 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 like 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 you got a bunch of black people on campus just huddled together oh my god they're coming to get me because there's a white girl that said that like black people are they're not pussies they could, they could take care of themselves like the- yeah but, but i mean it's like there is a history of violence from threats being written like on sidewalks to like actual acts of violence that's very established in the world you know in, in history specifically our history so i think especially when in the case i'm thinking of the the black student union which there is a lot of black probably a quarter of the black students on campus were in they all came together and told the university 
their list of demands for more equity and diversity and inclusion in staff, faculty, training, all of these things as a response to the Compton cookout and all of the violent, you know, people were hanging nooses around campus. People were saying like they were writing the N word everywhere, stuff like that. It's that is violent, even though no one got the shit kicked out of them. That's very violent. That's and so violence. that's unacceptable behavior. I mean, if you're hanging nooses on campus, you should be expelled immediately, obviously. But it's not violence. But Steve, like if you if you Words know anything about if you know anything about trauma, let's say like like the body has trauma responses when they're surrounded by things that remind them of maybe perhaps of literal violent acts that have happened where the body will actually freeze and start physically shaking because they're so scared and it's reverting to those previous real moments of like actual violence maybe perhaps and this is just like as a counter to what you're saying like it's not actual physical violence so that that alone like something that is reminiscent of real violence is violence, I think, especially in the context of someone being expected to do their schoolwork successfully when it's it's like I, I just think I could see because, you know, I do. I do agree. I know for a fact there are black students that are like, this is fucking bullshit and I do not sign off on this. I know for a fact that that's the case. I also know for a fact that there are students that are like, fuck that. I don't want her here. You know, so what is a university supposed to do in that scenario? Are they supposed to listen to like the majority, which is like a manufactured majority in this country? Or do they listen to other voices? And I think that that's kind of like where a lot of institutions are at right now. And while I agree that I think we're kind of, we're overcorrecting, and, yeah. Well, we're not. We're not sufficiently correcting in the areas we actually need to correct. That's the problem. That's 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 exactly perfectly well put. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. And it's like I kind of feel uncomfortable even taking the disagreeing side on this stance because I do generally agree that like I don't think that that's fair. You know that she doesn't get to go to the school she wanted to because right. of that. And I'm not um, endorsing her using the word. She fucked up. Course. She shouldn't have done that. But it's like, like there's got to be some proportion to to the response. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I do know. Though sometimes it's just like you just have to have punishments for things, and it sucks. Is this that one some, of those things, though. I mean, it again. That depends on like press and stuff. But because if you're trying to talk about something that's actually consequential to the psyches of potential students that are going to go there and everything. Um, but I do think that some people are just the people that get punished and it just kind of needs to happen. Yeah. I guess somebody's got to take the fall. It's like the Michael Vick dog fighting thing. Like why, why the, like, yeah, you shouldn't fight dogs, but he might be the only person to ever have gone to fucking prison for it. Like it, it's every, like make an example, take, taking something that a lot of people do and, and singling out one person to make an example is, is not justice. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that, that's mm -hmm. like justice should be even across the board fair. And I'm like, Oh, we got to make an example of this one particular girl. Like, well, fuck. None of us would be able to hold up to that standard. Yes. There's not a video yeah. of you when you were 15 saying the N word. Sure. But if well, you probably said other shit, like, I mean, I'm, I'm repeating myself at this point, but you know, what I'm yeah. Saying. Well, I mean, 
I'm sure if you talk to the university as a whole, if you could boil it down to one voice, they wouldn't say that this was their desire. I'm sure their desire was to have no press at all because now they still have bad press because people are like, fuck you. This is ridiculous. And that's, I, that's I, another I, thing. Like I was talking about the backlash that is going to come to all this woke. It is going to come to all this woke bullshit. Eventually it's, it's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be good because the overcorrection to the overcorrection is going to be, possibly even more horrible yeah i mean i don't know if it's fair to say overcorrection to the overcorrection because the second overcorrection would be racism (laughs) and i don't know if that was an overcorrection that's (laughs) what i'm saying yeah yeah but but yeah i i do well i mean no racism is 100 percent across the board evil to its core and awful someone Mm. that is trying to punish people that are being racist are not to their core evil and awful they're trying to do the only thing that they know how to do in that moment to address the needs of their students that experience real fear just being there but then i mean it's fucking tennessee also like hello you know, and so I, I think I don't know if it's in Nashville or whatever. I don't know if it's in a liberal city. And generally, like you said, colleges are more liberal spaces. But still, I guarantee you, no black person on that campus is scared. That's so infantilizing. <laughs> like, I understand why. They're, I understand they're why fine. They're they're in college. So they're like life's. They're they're more worried about either their studies or the party or the game. Sure. They're not worried about oh the racist white girl on campus. I better go hide in the closet. Like well. No. Have well, you ever met a black person? <laughs> well, we don't we don't know the history of that university. And I appreciate that you're saying this because I do think that white people infantilizing black people is like wrong and weird. Yeah. But I do think though that there is also there also needs to be room for us to look out for one another. There yeah. has to be there has to be some middle ground between saying that, you know, all black people are scared and white people who typically hold those positions of power at universities, like in the admissions area you know does something to look out for people so yeah like you were saying earlier about like if people are hanging nooses on campus that's different (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i'm speaking from my experience at ucsd from everything that went down after the compton cookout like that was that was really fucked up and just really really sad it was a really really sad dark time for that school because it is like not how I or any of my friends, I think, would think, well, white friends, honestly. And that's the thing. I'm not infantilizing my friends that were people of color. They literally said, fuck this school. I don't feel safe here. They said those words. So mm-hmm. when I talk like that, I, I, you know, I do think I'm guilty of it. I have been guilty, especially in the past, of infantilizing other cultures and races. Well, I wasn't so talking I about you specifically. No, I know. But I think it's like... I would consider myself, you know, like a progressive person. So I think it's it's a fair thing to call out because that's also problematic. Yeah. Your favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Um, so send your disagreements to <laughs> the, is it the? Yeah. The I disagree. Is it podcast or pod? Fuck, I'm dumb. Hold on. No, it's podcast. You you, you just do it. No, 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 no. I thought that was a bit. I thought you were like, is it podcast or is it a TV show? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is the I disagree podcast at gmail.com. Send us your disagree mails or agree mails. Also hit us up on Twitter at the I disagree pod. And then I also would like to say 
if you all okay so steve and i we are this is a passion project for us we're not making the big bucks you know not at all while we are very thankful for our patrons um but if you could do anything to support uh the spirit of this podcast it would probably be to go uh, subscribe to us on itunes and write us a review if you could if you want to go the extra mile if you could tell a friend about the podcast that would make a huge difference because we want to be able to keep doing this but like steve and i we've got full-time jobs you know and it is uh it is work to to build to build this and stuff so if you believe in us and the mission we would love if you could do those things um and also patreon yeah <laughs> well, well said and and i'll i'll add as uh, as jordan mentioned we both do have full-time jobs so before you try and cancel us we both agree don't use that word yes we do yes we do yeah i <laughs> no god oh no what if we get... no, man. we are in agreement that you yeah. should not use that word yes we are right. we absolutely are all right well <laughs> thank you for all the patrons and listeners that participated in this episode we have robin renee we have claire we have that's it Ooh, no wanna... anonymous and yeah, and a shout out to all our new patrons, including Larry Forte, Georgia boy, love it, uh, Addy, and Alan Ellis. So thank you, everyone. Yay. Thank you so much. Uh, Alan's your guy, you. right? Yes. Um, <laughs> My girlfriend won't be a patron. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I've really got the whole freaking gamut. My mom is one. My best friend Linda is one. Alan is one. And... Uh, I think there's somebody else, maybe. Yes, Taylor, my best friend, is one. And Dan, her boyfriend. And her mom. Amazing. Steve, you got to get better friends. I really do. <laughs> tell, my, uh, tell my friends, listen to this. You're a bunch of broke scrubs. Come off, <laughs> come off the channel. Love it. Uh, Steve, you're the best. No, you are. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty good. Yeah, I think we are. Um, we try. You know. All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, everyone, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy, happy New happy Year. Winter solstice. Yeah, I think it already passed, but I appreciate the sentiment. See you on cool. the other side, everyone. Twenty twenty one. Woo! <laughs> Better times. Okay. Bye.